Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To me show Listen Listen cyber family We need to have an honest conversation today I'm here today to have an honest conversation Cause we have been dwelling In bizarro world We have been dwelling In an alternate universe Where fans Sports media Regular everyday Joes Have lost their minds I feel like I am on another planet You, you ever see the movie They Live Where the dude had the, had the, bought the sunglasses And when he put on the sunglasses He could see like all the aliens That's what I feel like I feel like that right now I feel like every time I look around Everyone's saying things And they're saying it honestly and earnestly And I'm looking at them like What? This can't be true. This can't be happening. Everything I've been taught, everything I've known is upside down. We need to have an honest discussion about it today. I'm a little fired up. I may get a little animated. I'm not sure. But it needs to be discussed. And I'm here to lead the charge, baby. Welcome back, Cyber Family. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. So as, as I said, I feel like one night I fell asleep and I woke up. And when I woke up, I was in Bizarro Land. That's right. My best friend, who's a Giants fan... Loves the Daniel Jones signing. Thinks it's a it's a no-brainer. Thinks it was a smart move. Doesn't think they got fleeced at all. Huh? So I've been I've been debating about that every day. I've been giving reasons why I thought it was a bad move. But let's let's not dwell too much on that. As you guys know, if you've been listening to the show for long enough, you know that I can be quite obsessive at times. I mean It'll be almost two years, and I still hold on to the idea that Jared Goff is, should never have been traded. <laughs> but today, look, we have to do something interesting today. We have to do something interesting because as I'm recording this on Wednesday, uh, Aaron Rodgers has not come out and officially said anything about what he's doing, if he's going to continue playing football, if he is, in fact, going to go to the Jets. But all signs point to, yes, he's going to the Jets. So what I have to do today, what I want you to do today, is cut me a little slack. I'm going to proceed as if the deal is already done, as if it has happened, as if it is breaking news. I think he's supposed to go on the Pat McAfee show. It'll happen after I record this uh, due to my schedule. I can't really push it till later. Do you know what I mean? So... I'm gonna just I'm just gonna pretend it happened because I, I think the likelihood of him going back to Green Bay is as close to zero as you can get without actually being zero. But the reality is why at this point you kind of can't go back. So in the event that he goes back, uh let me put this disclaimer out. Hey, uh wow, what a twist of uh what a change of events, a twist of fate. Aaron Rodgers decides to go back to Green Bay. Um I don't like the move for Green Bay, but for Aaron Rodgers, I understand it. Um, if you're only got another year or two left, why leave? Why start all over in a new team, new market, new coaches? The uncertainty of the NFL, there's no guarantees. So going back is probably the smartest move for him. He gets to keep all that money. And uh, congrats. And if you're the Jets, wow, do you look dumb at this point? You were a desperate team trying to get a date, and uh, the guy turns you down. 
So, you know, what next? Now you made a, a, a massive error in, in your belief in what you are and what you were, and now you don't have the guy. Now you have no quarterback. Now you're going back to Zach Wilson and say, hey, bud, you want you, you want to play? <laughs> Egg on your face. All right? Okay, now we got ourselves covered. So now let, let's do the real story. Um, Aaron Rodgers is uh, being traded to the Jets. We haven't gotten confirmation on what exactly the uh, compensation has been. We don't know exactly what the Jets had to give up to, to pull this off. But here here's where I want to go with this. If you're a Jets fan, what are you doing? If you're the Jets, what are you doing? My question is this. Here we go. Taking off in the bizarro world. Why? Okay, sit with that. Sit with that question for a moment. Why? Why this player at this time for your franchise? Now, if you don't know, I live in the Northeast. So I am in the New York market. So. When I turn on my radio, I get all the New York stations, all the biased commentators, all the biased radio coverage. It's all Giants and Jets and blah, 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 blah. So I have to hear these bozos talking about all the different ways the Jets are a contender if they get Aaron Rodgers. All the ways that this team is ready to go. This team is set to win. This team's got a really good defense. This team's got a good receiving core. This team's got a good running game. All these praises they sing for the Jets, and the Jets are simply just a quarterback away. Well, here's my question. How good are the Jets really? Now, I want to look at this move from both sides. Because for me, it doesn't make sense on either side. For Aaron, If you're Aaron Rodgers, why? Why go to New York? Now, another a reason why I think we're in bizarre land because fans are completely completely forgetting history. They are completely forgetting how the NFL works. The thing we love most about the NFL is there is no guarantees. There is no guarantee. You can look look no further than just just this past season. The Denver Broncos were set up to win. They got the really good defense. They got the running game. Look at their young receiver group. Can't miss. You go get Russell Wilson. Woo! What a move. Take off. Playoff bound. It failed gloriously. It failed almost immediately. It failed. Now, some people will say, oh, it's not Russell Wilson. He, he was worth it. It was the coach who was bad. Are you sure that Robert Sala is the right coach? Doesn't it matter about fit? Do we think Nathaniel Hackett was a bad coach? Or do we think perhaps his relationship with Russell Wilson just never really gelled? Now, you could look at the result and say, look how bad they were. It must have been the coach. But maybe it's not that the coach is bad. Maybe the guy he brought in to be his ace Maybe they just didn't gel. You know, quarterback and and head coach relationship is super important. It's the reason why the GOAT Tom Brady left possibly the GOAT head coach and Bill Belichick because they kind of just didn't jive, and you need to have that. It's important. Now, look, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not defending 
not defending Hackett. He, he probably was terrible. But all I'm saying is that relationship matters. If Aaron Rodgers gets to New York and Salah and him just don't quite gel and it doesn't, ah, what does that look like? That's my question. And how does that work? And does that have any bearing on the success of the team? So you can't just assume because we're getting Aaron Rodgers. That you're all of a sudden now set up and ready to go hit the ground running. We're in the playoffs. No, There's no guarantee. Aaron Rodgers is also 39 years old. Aaron Rodgers has also gone in a hole to decide what his football future will be. This man spent three days in complete darkness to decide if he even wants to play anymore. You went and visited him as soon as they opened the doors. You're there waiting for him. Hey, Aaron, want to come play in New York? The guy doesn't even know if he wants to play football. Now, you want him to move to a new city with a new coaching staff, new ownership, new players, new media coverage. For what? Now, look. Let's backtrack because this is called Sometimes I'd Be Right. So I would like I would like for someone to say and give me my credit because I was considered in a Looney Tune when I said a year ago, you should trade Aaron Rodgers. It's too late. It's too late. As evidenced by the fact that there is one team and one team only who is willing to give you anything for Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know what they're going to have to give up. But it's probably more than you want to. It's probably more than he's worth because the Jets are desperate. If you had done this last year, you probably could have gotten more and you'd be sitting in a much better position. So let's let's get back to the question of why would you do this? How good are the Jets really and how ready are they to go? So let's start with this. Do you know that last year, just this past season, the Green Bay Packers had the third-ranked offensive line in football? The Green Bay Packers offensive line graded as the third best in all of the NFL last year. The Jets don't rank there. So the Jets don't have an offensive line as good. The Packers didn't make the playoffs last year, everybody. With Aaron Rodgers. You know that really good receiver core you got with the Jets? You know, you got Garrett Wilson, who's a stud, really great player, but everybody knew that going into the draft that that was the number one guy. It's no surprise there. You know, Elijah Moore, who you guys love? Yeah, he's he's probably just going to leave now. You're probably going to get rid of him because you signed Alan Lazard. That's right. That's right. Not only are you trading for Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers had the gall and the nerve to give you a list of a few guys who he would like to see you go get. That list included Alan Lazard, who you are now paying $10 million a year. Uh, It also included Odell Beckham Jr. Bring him in off an injury. Yeah, we don't know what he's going to do, but he's also seeking about $20 million. We also want Randall Cobb, you know, the guy that has been done and washed for three years now. Yeah, you're going to get him in the fourth year of his retirement and uh, have him on your team. And then also Mercedes Lewis at tight end. I thought that guy retired five years ago. 
That's what he wants. And guess what the Jets went out and did? Let's go get Alan Lazard. And you know what I heard on the radio in this New York market? He's a really good blocker. That's a good player. Let me ask you a question, Jets fans. If I had told you two months ago you were going to go out there and sign Alan Lazard, is anyone excited? Is anyone excited? Are you? Are you excited as a Jets fan that you got Alan Lazard? Let me ask you a question. If Alan Lazard comes by himself but Aaron Rodgers doesn't come with him, do you love the signing? At four years and $44 million, do you love the signing? No, you don't. Stop pretending like you do. Alan Lazard is a solid receiver who nobody gives a damn about. Stop pretending like you did something impressive or you're so excited about the way you just bolstered your roster. Now you're going to bring in Randall Cobb and Odo Beckham Jr. Woo! So that good receiving core that he was coming into is now been completely changed. And the only person that remains is Garrett Wilson. Followed by a bunch of, we don't know. So again, if you're the Jets, why are you meeting this guy's demands? Why are you taking this? Like, what you're going to end up doing is overpaying for every one of those players because those players now have leverage. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers has not committed to you yet. So if you really want to, if you, hey man, this is what Aaron wants. So if you bring Aaron Rodgers here, you are now obligated to give him what he wants. Because you're trying to sweeten the deal, make them as comfortable as possible. So you're going to overpay for an Odell Beckham. Maybe. That's it. That's if he even wants to come. This seems like this whole this whole wish list doesn't seem like something that, like, it seems like he's trying to get his guys paid. There's no way Aaron Rodgers thinks that Randall Cobb has anything left to offer. Other than being a friend in the locker room. What am I paying for? Hey, Aaron, grow up. This is the NFL. This is a business. I'm not signing a guy and giving a guy money so that he can be your buddy in the locker room. Make a new friend. Jets, you look pathetic. Alan Lazard, and we're excited about it because he's a really good blocking receiver. You want to know what else I found interesting? Another reason why Jets fans and, and the media thinks that they're so ready to go is their defense is really good. Oh, their defense is really good. Is it? That was my first question. Is it, though? Now, last year, don't get me wrong. Last year, they were pretty good. Pretty good. But do you know that in three of the last five seasons, the Green Bay Packers defense actually gave up less points than the Jets? Oh, that's right. Oh, what what do you judge defense on? Because in my opinion, give up as many yards as you want to. How many points do you give up? Because if I score 20 points a game and my defense only gives up 10, I'm winning those games. So when I judge a defense, how good a defense is, I look strictly at points. How many points are you giving up? And in three of the last five seasons, the Jets' defense was worse than the Packers. That's right. Three of the last five. Last year, the Jets had a better defense. They were giving up 19 points a game as compared to the Packers giving up 22. In 2021, the Jets were giving up 30 points a game. The Packers were only giving up 22. In 2020, they were giving up 29 points a game compared to the Packers' 23. In 2019, they were giving up 22 points a game. The Packers gave up 20. And in 2018, the Jets were giving up 28 points a game as compared to the Packers' 25. So what does that tell me? That tells me five years of evidence shows you that last year... 
they had a good year. But over the course of five seasons, last year was kind of the blip. And you like the direction they're headed in, but there's no guarantee that they'll be as good as they were last year. There's no guarantee at all. There's no guarantee that these guys will just continue to get better. What world do you live in where you think from year to year everyone just gets better? No one ever has a drop off. Look at the Rams. Win the Super Bowl, completely fall apart. Look at the Bills last year. Look at the Bills in your own division. Coming into last season, oh man, were they the favorites. And it never quite took off. It never quite looked the same. You always had your doubts like something's up. For whatever reason, give me whatever you want. Injuries. If you want to give up the Hamlin situation, which rocked everybody, sure. I'm not saying it's without reasons. But if you're the Jets, what if Sauce Gardner twists an ankle in week two when it's never the same? How's that defense looking now? There's My point is there's no guarantees. So for you to think, hey, bend over backwards, move heaven and earth to get Aaron Rodgers here because look what we got. But what you got may not look the same in three weeks. There's no guarantees. What you are guaranteeing is you're bringing in a guy who is difficult to deal with. You're bringing in a guy who doesn't like working with young receivers while you have young receivers. You're bringing in a guy who hasn't been to a Super Bowl since 2009. You're bringing in a guy who had to win a game last year against the Detroit Lions and their bottom of the league defense. He had to win that game to make the playoffs, and he lost. A guy who in the last few years has lost a home playoff game. One and done, baby. You're talking about a guy who since 2009 has not sniffed a Super Bowl. And you think, you think that he's going to come into your franchise at 39 coming off of a retreat to decide if he wants to play football and is all of a sudden going to be the Aaron Rodgers of old. Look, if it was eight years ago, love the move. Get the guy here. Do whatever he wants. Meet all the demands. Eight years ago? Sure. In his prime, Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely. What in the last five years tells you that Aaron Rodgers is all you need? Nothing. Third-ranked offensive line, pretty good. Good running game. We all acknowledged it. The Packers are not a bad team. There's no reason why the Packers are missing the playoffs, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers, but they did. But you as a Jets fan think that your team is so good, even though your entire history has been garbage, which is why you're so desperate in the first place. Do you understand the do you understand do you understand how confusing that is for me? You're so desperate because all I keep hearing from Jets fans is, "Oh man, just get we just need a chance." I don't I don't Aaron Rodgers, give me a chance. We'll have we'll be in contention, we'll be competing, will you? So if you're that desperate just to have a winner, you somehow think, "Hey, I've been so bad for so long that I'm desperate to be good again, but that also we're really good now and we just need this missing piece. Contradicting yourself, it makes no sense. Bizarro world. They should play like they should play like some weird Twilight Zone music every time they bring up the Jets because you guys make no sense to me. 
Let me ask you a question. With Aaron Rodgers, are the Jets better than the Bills? I think they still have a tough day, right? Are they better than the Dolphins? They still have a tough day, right? Because Aaron Rodgers is not carrying the Packers to great success. What are you talking about? Are you sure that the Packers are worse than the Jets? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Listen, all this stuff matters. You're bending over backwards for this guy, and woof, man. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You got Aaron Rodgers. You got a few of his buddies. You gave up what you gave up. Great. Good on you. I'm willing to sit right here and bet you I don't even think the Jets make the playoffs. I think this is going to fail and fail royally. I think it is going to be a beautiful failure. I think in the New York market with all these people going who and hiding and raving about what they got, we got Aaron Rodgers, we're not going to be in contention. Hey, you might not finish in first in your division. I still don't think they're better than the Bills. I still don't think they're better than the Dolphins. I don't even know if you're going to be for sure better than the Patriots. I said it. I said it. I stand on it. I don't think the Jets make the playoffs. I think you're making a massive mistake. I think it's a desperate move. I think it's pathetic. I think it goes falls right in line with the same old Jets. Here you go. Enjoy. Because I'm going to enjoy watching it. Speaking of enjoyment... Let me get this out the way. Stefan Diggs, not Stefan Diggs. Why am I saying Stefan Diggs? Stefan Gilmore. <laughs> Stefan Gilmore got traded to the Cowboys uh, and they gave up a fifth round comp- compensatory pick, a comp pick, uh, like pick number 176 for Stefan Gilmore. Listen, here's what I'm going to tell you I like the move because he's a solid player, even if he's not at his best anymore. But what I'm not going to do is what most fans might do and just look at the name and say, whoa, look at what we got. Like, ah, he's older. He's older. He's not the same guy. Um, But is he better than what you had in the room? And the answer is yes. You were able to get better. And that's important. I'm tempering my expectations because I don't expect too much, but I expect them to be solid. I think they got a solid corner. Um, who's it got a lot of experience and is smart and is definitely going to help any young corner that they bring in. I think you still draft one. I just think you take it off the table as being priority number one. I love what the Cowboys have done. They re-signed Donovan Wilson. They brought back Van Der Esch. They've done what the same thing they've been doing for the past few years, which is let's get solid players. Don't spend a bunch of money. Invest in our guys, the guys we know of. Fill some holes so that when we go into the draft, we can 100% say take the best player available. I think they are going to get a tight end in the first round of the draft. I think they are going to have the pick of the litter, pick whichever guy they want. I think they're going to try to get a super athletic matchup problem because they realize Dak Prescott has limitations. And guess what helps a quarterback? A really good tight end. 
think that's what they're doing. So they're plugging up their holes at linebacker. They're plugging their holes at at corner. I'm I'm pretty I'm almost positive they'll probably sign a defensive tackle, a low level guy. They'll probably sign a guard, right? L- low money, like just a guy that could just a guy who's played before, just somebody who like hey if he had to start he's done it before. Like we think he could be okay. And then we're going to go into the draft, and whoever's sitting there at 26, who's the best player, we're taking them regardless of position. I like what they did, but again, at the same time, I'm not going to lose my mind. I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to go online and say, eat it. We got Gilmore. Like I'm not going to do that. But someone who is doing that is the New York Giants fans. Woo, you guys. You guys. I can't wait. You guys are so dumb. (laughs) The Giants are dumb. They are making dumb decisions. First, you make the boneheaded decision to give Daniel Jones a four-year, $160 million contract. Now, let's revisit. Why is it dumb? It is dumb for a multitude of reasons. Number one, a better quarterback and Derek Carr was on the market who you could have spoken to. You didn't even reach out to him. You didn't even attempt it. He's better than Daniel Jones by every single metric you want to judge it on. I don't care what weapons he had. I don't care what weapons he didn't have. I can make the case if you'd like me to. He's had just as many head coaches as Daniel Jones, just as many offensive coordinators in the same time period. He has more wins, more touchdowns, more yards, a higher completion percentage. What more do you want? He's better in every way that we judge a quarterback. He was on the market. He got less money. You lost that one. Then you give Daniel Jones a massive contract when nobody else was going after him. Nobody else was going to give him $40 million a year. I'm sorry. Number three, I say it's a bad move because you yourselves, the Giants, structured the contract to where you would get out of it in two years if you were unhappy. If you think, do you think, do you think in any world, in any way, The Chiefs are making a contract for Patrick Mahomes where they can get themselves out of it in two years. No, because they have no doubts. Do you think the Bengals are going to re-sign Joe Burrow and make it a contract where if in two years they want to, they can get rid of him? No, because they have no doubt. You, the Giants yourselves, have doubt, which is why you structured the contract to protect yourselves. That says to me, you don't even believe in the guy. So why the hell are you paying them? If you offer Daniel Jones $30 million a year, you think someone else is coming and matching that? Uh, No. (laughs) Unbelievable. So what do they go do next? What do they do next? Because I'm telling you, I am enjoying this so much. What do they do next? They go out and they trade a third-round pick, pick number 100, and the 2023 draft to go get Darren Waller. Clap it up. Darren Waller. Woo! Great target. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great target three years ago. Let me tell you something. Do you know? Do you know that Darren Waller was drafted uh, in the sixth round? Sixth round. I mentioned that because talking to my best friend who's a Giants fan and talking to my brother, I said, why would you do this? And uh, and my brother said the point, well, I don't think you're getting a, a tight end as good as Darren Waller in the third round. And I said, oh, hogwash, because Darren Waller himself was drafted in the sixth round. So you can, you can, 
it's not unlikely. And Travis Kelsey was drafted in the third round. And uh, Mark Andrews for the Ravens, the two top tight ends in the league, possibly. He was drafted in the fourth round, I believe. So, yeah. And Jason Witten was a third-round pick. And he's a Hall of Fame tight end, one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah, you can get him. You can get him in, in any round. That's tight end. You know, it's not a premier position. People still don't, like, go crazy. Dallas Goddard of the Eagles was a second-round pick, I believe. You can get him, is, is my only point. So he was drafted in the sixth round and coming into 2019. So in 2015, 16, and 17. No, 2016, 17, 18. Coming into 2019, his big breakout season. He had 18 catches total. 18 catches total in his first three years in the NFL. Then in 2019 and 2020, he ballooned up and had 197 catches for 2,300 yards. In the last two seasons, though, in the last two years, he's played a grand total of 20 games. Yep, because he's been injured. You want to know what else concerns me? He has 19 career touchdowns. 19. In those two big years, those two years we had 197 catches, nine touchdowns in two seasons. You know what that says to me? Not a big red zone target. No, that says to me, between the 20s, he's your guy. Down in the red zone, though, he's not really, he's not being too disruptive. Now, some people would say, well, why is it a bad move? Darren Wall, look, he's really good. Yeah, he was good three years ago. The last two years, he hasn't been good because he hasn't been able to play because he's been hurt, dealing with hamstring, ankle injuries, knee sprains. Yeah, and he's 30. Yeah. And he's making $11 million a year. Yeah. Hey, you know what you can get in this draft? Tight ends. One of the deeper positions in the draft. Holy cow. Hey, can I read off some names to you? Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Darnell Washington from Georgia. Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Sam Laporta from Iowa. Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State. Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion. Will Mallory from Miami. Payne Durham for Purdue. Are you kidding me? Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan. All really good tight ends. That's just to name a few. There's many, many more. You want a blocking tight end? We got him. You want a receiving tight end? We got him. Guess who probably is going to be there at 25? Either Michael Mayer for Notre Dame, who's possibly the best tight end in the draft this year. Darnell Washington from Georgia, who's a six foot seven tight end who ran a 4-6 and is probably the best blocking tight end in the draft coming from Georgia. You can have him at 25 or you can have Dalton Kincaid from Utah, a 6-foot-6, 235-pound guy who is fast, athletic, has only been playing the position for two years and some people consider the best tight end in the draft. Yes, you have your pick of whoever you want. And you went out and traded for a 30-year-old tight end who hasn't been able to play much the last two years because of injury. And now you're paying him $11 million. Am I crazy? (laughs) What is happening? And you're thinking, oh, man, big, big move for the Giants. Yes, if he plays. You know who he is, Giants fans? Evan Ingram. That's exactly who Darren Waller is. You know what happened to him? You guys let him go. You want to know why you let him go? Because he's super athletic, super talented, but he can't stay healthy. And so we have to pay this guy. 
I'm not going to pay you because I don't trust you to stay healthy. Smart move you made letting Evan Ingram go. You know what you're doing now? Replacing him with the same kind of guy. This guy had two really good years. Then he got a contract. And then it kind of went downhill. You know who's not upset about losing Darren Waller? The Raiders. You know who doesn't let really great players go who are under contract, who they really love? Teams don't let those guys go. They let go of the guy who's got a really good name, maybe a good reputation, and some stupid team is going to assume that they're going to be different. I've been there. I've done that. Been there, done it, seen it. It's a terrible move. In a year where you have nothing but tight ends in the draft, you went out and filled your tight end need with an overpriced, older tight end who only had two good seasons and has been injured the last two. Not just last year. If it were one injury, I'd say, okay, it was just an injury. Just one year of being injured. It's the last two seasons he's been injured. What makes you think this year might be any different? Hope? Go ahead and hope. Go ahead and do it. You know what my team is going to do? My team, the Cowboys, they're going to draft one. And I promise you he's going to be better than Darren Waller. So, again, much like the Jets, enjoy. Enjoy your your highly paid, really good quarterback who throws 15 touchdowns a season. Enjoy your really talented, really good tight end who you can't find anyone better in the draft. And uh, enjoy that. Enjoy it. Uh, over under five games before he's sitting on the sideline. And you are full of regret. By week eight... Eh, Giants and Giants fans alike will have some regret. Because we got Stephon Gilmore to guard him. (laughs) Come on now. Let's talk about Jimmy G going to the Raiders again. Another bizarre move. Because you had Derek Carr. You had Derek Carr. Who's better than Jimmy G? Who's more available than Jimmy G. The knock on Jimmy G is two things. Number one, he can't stay healthy. And number two, when you need him most, he's going to let you down. So why give up the guy you have for this guy? This was your plan? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Josh, uh, Josh, my guy. Uh, your plan when you bench Derek Carr and then released him, was to go get Jimmy G? That was your... you What? Now look, I mean, look, maybe Raiders fans are really excited about it. Maybe they are. But let me read off something to you. Jimmy Garoppolo went to the 49ers. And in three of the last five years, they were a top 10 defense. Three of the last five years... Jimmy G had the benefit of playing with a top 10 defense. Guess what they don't have in Vegas? They don't have a good defense. They don't have a good defense. The last 10 years, they haven't had a good defense. So now you are taking, I say this to say, you are taking Jimmy Garoppolo, who has failed you when he was in a really good situation, And you're dropping him into a worse situation. And you're expecting him to do more? Again. We are looking at reality. 
and deciding instead of just trusting what our eyes are seeing, we are making up or choosing to believe things that don't make sense. Well, what are you doing? (laughs) Josh McDaniels, what do you... You think Jimmy Garoppolo, with a top five defense, couldn't stay healthy, number one, and number two, couldn't win at all, and in fact, in the Super Bowl, some would say he lost the game, that it was him, his fault, his shortcomings that lost the game. You think he's going to come into your franchise where he has a worse defense, a worse offensive line. And be better? Why? Why do you think that? Why? That's my question. Why? It's dumb. It's a dumb move. It's dumb. Hey, you dum-dums. And why am I the only one saying it? Why is everyone else like pretending like all of these moves that are being made are like smart in some way? They're like, oh, these teams are, oh, look at the Jets. Oh, look at Aaron Rodgers. Dumb. Dumb. Because, (sighs) let's just move on. Let's just move on. Let's move on to something else that's dumb. I started the season by saying, hey, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens have been a well-run franchise for quite some time now. They have consistently put a good product on the field. They consistently have a good defense. You should probably take a little less money, a little less, and stay there and allow them to build the team around you. You'll have greater success. And if you're winning, if you're in the spotlight, you're going to get all the endorsements you want. There's no need to leave for more money or there's no need to hold them up for more money. Just take a, just a little less. You don't have to be the highest paid guy. So rumors swirled around that the problem that the Ravens and Jackson were having was he wanted more guaranteed money and or a fully guaranteed contract somewhere in the area of Deshaun Watson. And I came in and said, you can't use Deshaun Watson as the benchmark because nobody thinks it was a good move. And guess what? Guess what? The Browns have restructured his contract to free up space. They don't even like the deal they signed. So if you're Lamar, A, bud, that's not the benchmark. You can say, oh, next man up. That's not the benchmark. So he comes out and he tweets that he turned down a three-year contract. $133 million contract fully guaranteed. Yo! $133 million fully guaranteed, bruh, even if you don't see the life of it. Even if you don't make it beyond that point. Let's say the worst thing in the world happens and after three years, you are done. Toast. You got $133 million. You are set. You're set. Never be broke again. He turned it down. Now, some people would say, I want a longer deal. Why? Three years, $133 million. That's fully guaranteed. You know what three years gets you? It gives the team a sense of urgency of saying, we have a three-year window where we for sure have this guy. 
We need to do everything we can to put a Super Bowl contender on the field. You benefit that way, Lamar. You know what else you get? You would be 29, 30 years old when this contract is up. You know what else you get? Another big payday. Hey, you know who should be the model? You know who should be the model? Kirk Cousins. Because that guy is doing it right. They put him on the franchise tag. Okay, I'll prove it. Went out and played. Proved it. They put him on the franchise again. Okay, I'll go out and play. Paying me even more money. Cool. Went out and played. Proved it again. You know what he did? He went to Minnesota. Got a fully guaranteed contract. It was only a couple years. What was it? Two or three years? Two-year deal? Something like that? Two-year deal, right? Something like that? Fully guaranteed. You know what he did? Played it out. Got another contract. Fully guaranteed. Lamar, they gave you $133 million fully guaranteed. Now, you could say, oh, but so-and-so got more. But you're going to get more. Three-year contract. You're going to get another one. You're a quarterback. A 30-year-old quarterback, they'll give you a five-year deal. Some team, if you go out there, if Lamar Jackson goes out there for the next three years at $133 million, balls out, continues the trajectory he was already on, you think no one's going to pay him at 30? No one's going to pay him? You guessed wrong. You bet on yourself and you said, somebody else going to pay me more than that. And now the market is bone dry. Nobody wants Lamar Jackson because everyone knows Lamar Jackson, although he is good, man, his play style leads to him taking a lot of hits and getting injured. He's another guy over the last two seasons. He's kind of struggled dealing with some injuries. So now you ask yourself, am I really going to give you a five-year guaranteed contract? Because now if something happens to you, I'm strapped. You know what else teams are looking at? Man, the Ravens are a really well-run franchise. The Ravens are written. No one's ever come out and complained about the Ravens. They offered him $133 million guaranteed, and he turned it down. He sat out that playoff game. It leaves a nasty taste in people's mouth. And when you go out there trying to flex your muscles saying, look, somebody else going to give me what I want. Yeesh. And you don't have the agent to vouch for you. Yeesh. I don't know, man. I'm going to say it was dumb. I think it was a dumb decision. I think it was a bad move not to sign that three-year $133 million contract. If that will, if that's what was on the table, as per him, this is what he said. If that's what's on the table, that was a dumb move to turn it down, my man. You should have taken it. Because not only are you getting life-changing money and setting you up for life, setting you up for life, you are also setting yourself up to have an even bigger payday in the next contract. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I don't know why he would turn it down. I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, if you know me, if you've been listening to the show, you know that I sometimes can get obsessive. I sometimes can lock in on a point and just follow it and ride it out and ride it through. The best example of that is uh, is my uh, Matt Stafford and Jared Goff take that they are both essentially the same guy. 
I can still get into that. I can, I, I, it still drives me crazy. Um, <laughs> or my stance that, you know, Justin Herbert is the second best quarterback in the NFL. I'll hold on to that, and I can argue all day about that. This new one for me, though, is personal. <laughs> I genuinely do not remember a time in my life where something was so obvious, where I felt like something was so clear to see, and yet everyone seemed to be missing it. C.J. Stroud is without question, without a doubt, the best quarterback in this draft. Like, not even, like, not even debatable. There is not, there is nothing Bryce Young does that you feel like C.J. Stroud can't. Nothing. Nothing. And C.J. Stroud has shown you something that Bryce Young has yet to show you. And I'm not saying he doesn't have it. I'm not saying he doesn't possess it. I'm not saying any of that. But what I'm saying is if we're judging these two guys, one of them is showing you something that the other just isn't. C.J. Stroud has an incredibly strong competitive nature. C.J. Stroud is defiantly competitive. C.J. Stroud is a I will prove it to you whenever, wherever, however type of guy. Obsessive. Seems like the kind of guy who will stay in the facility all day, all night until he figures it out. Seems like a guy who will study relentlessly to get it, that wants to get it, that wants to be the best, the greatest. Now, I'm going to tell you how I know this. In high school, C.J. Stroud didn't start on the varsity team until his junior year. You know what most guys would have done? They would have transferred. They would have went to a different high school. I want to play. I'm going to a different high school. I'm going. You know who transferred high schools? Bryce Young. I'm not. I'm not saying he transferred because he wasn't going to start. I don't think that was the case. But he did switch high schools for either a better opportunity or whatever the case might be. C.J. Stroud stayed there and sat the bench, waited his turn. Got in in his junior year. Played it out, was ranked number 534 in the country. He wanted to be in the Elite 11 camp. He wanted to go to that camp, to that tournament. The day they had tryouts, he had a scheduling issue. So he went to a different location, a different town to try out there. Not the one that was closest to home. No, no, no. The one that was further away had to try out. Got it, like one of the last invites. One of the lowest ranked guys invited to the Elite 11 camp. Ended up winning MVP there. Ended up being the best guy there. You know who else was there that year? Bryce Young. You don't think CJ Stroud walked into that camp with all these top prospects, all these guys rated higher than him? You don't think that that gave him a little extra juice? And what did he go do with that juice? Outdid all of them. 
and won MVP of Elite 11. Okay, okay. Don't worry about that. That's high school stuff, right? It's high school. Then he comes to Ohio State. Does he start his first year? Nope. No, doesn't start. Has to sit the bench. Has to sit the bench behind a guy who transferred in. You know what he didn't do? CJ Stroud didn't transfer. He didn't go to a different school because he wanted to play because he wanted to start. He worked. He worked and worked and worked. And when it was his turn, you know what he did? He went out and was a Heisman finalist. Came back. Came back. Did it again. You know what they said going into the bowl game against Georgia? Oh, this is make or break for him. This is this is really important. This is going to show what he can do. Oh, he's got to do something impressive in this game or else, like, I don't know. This is for his future. You know what he did that game? Had the game of his life against the best team he's played on the biggest stage he's played on with the most pressure, highest of expectations. With the NFL world watching, with the college football world watching, he went out and performed incredibly. With the game on the line, you know what he did? He led a drive to get his team in the field goal range and was a field goal away from getting to the national championship with all of that pressure on him. With the weight of, you better show us something, CJ. You better show us something. He went out and showed you everything you questioned if he could do. You questioned his mobility. What did he do that game? Escaped, got out of the pocket, made big first down after big first down with his legs. Threw the ball all over Georgia. Threw it all over him. Yep. That's what he did. You know what happened? They started questioning him again. Oh, we don't know. CJ Shaw can do it. You know what he did when he went to the combine? He threw. With the pressure of the combine, with all the hype around Anthony Richardson, with all the hype around Will Levis, with everyone talking about Bryce Young's size and all this and that. Nobody was talking about CJ. CJ was like fourth or fifth on the list of things you were interested in. And what did he do? He went out and had one of the best throwing days of any quarterback ever in the combine. So much so that some people were saying, that's the best throwing session I've ever seen at the combine. Effortless. Threw the ball with no effort. This guy competes every chance he gets. Every opportunity he has to show and prove you something. He takes it and he does it. You know who didn't throw at the combine? Bryce Young. Why didn't he throw? I mean, you don't have to. I'm not knocking the guy for not throwing. It's probably the smart business decision. Like, wait till my pro day when I get to control everything, when I'm in my comfortable environment and I can show you my best. At the end of the day, it is a job interview, so let me control everything. I'm not mad at it. (laughs) But it does say something about CJ's mentality when he says, oh, no, I'm going to go. And I'm going to throw. And I'm going to show you how good I am at throwing. You know what else nobody's talking about? 
Has Bryce Young ever played in cold weather? I'm talking about cold. Because if you're Carolina, hey, bro, you might be playing some cold games. We In the NFL, in the playoffs, you're going to be playing some cold games. You're small. Everyone's talking about Bryce Young is small. He's small. And what about his size? Has he ever played in the cold? Now, again, I'm not knocking the guy. But what I'm saying is anything you want to see from a quarterback, C.J. Stroud has shown you. You're still waiting on Bryce Young to show you certain things. You're still waiting to see how he responds to certain elements. You're waiting to see certain things. There's still uncertainty. If you want to talk about the least amount of questions for a prospect, there's not many questions for C.J. Stroud. The only question you have is he comes from Ohio State, and historically Ohio State has not produced great quarterbacks. Is he just the next in the long line, or is this different? But again, that's a dumb conversation because every school who's had a lot of one position drafted, the more you take, the higher likelihood that you're going to have stinkers. And up until about, mm, let's say, eight years ago, maybe, college was so different from the NFL that what you were looking for in college was not even close to what you look for in the NFL. There was a time period where they were running the option in college. Like, you weren't even throwing the ball in college. And now the NFL has kind of morphed its game to mirror college. Do you want to know why they did that? Because so many quarterbacks were coming to the NFL and failing because they were so used to being. Remember when it was a conversation of, oh, can he play under center? When the NFL didn't use shotgun, now nobody has to play under center. Nobody cares if you've been under center in in college. It don't matter because things have changed. So for you to still go back to a time period when, yeah, Craig Krenzel didn't work out in the NFL. Like, he was an NFL quarterback. So if you want to go back to that time period to say, oh, when whenever they had it. Well, when did when did Texas Tech have a great quarterback before Patrick Mahomes? Okay, that's, that's a conversation over. Like you could say that about any school you want to. But there was a time period where college football was radically different from the NFL, and some guys just couldn't make that transition because their game they were good for the like for college and not that doesn't translate to what we're asking you to do in NFL. Nowadays it's much more like, okay, wherever CJ Stroud goes, I promise you, he's gonna be in the shotgun. They're gonna be doing that. Guess who else is gonna have to do that? Bryce Young. They're gonna put him in a comfortable position too. Why? Because you're paying him so much money. Let's do what they do best. It's the reason why RPOs are in the NFL now. It's the reason why guys like Jalen Hurts can thrive because he's running the ball when 10 years ago you would never want your quarterback running. Now, all of a sudden, we have, we're calling quarterback runs. We love it. (laughs) CJ Stroud is so far and away the best quarterback in this draft that whoever drafts him, I can promise you one thing. If Carolina drafts him number one, here's what I know. Some people are going to say, probably should have took Bryce Young. That's what they're going to say. And you know who's going to hear it? C.J. Stroud. And you know what he's going to do with that? What he's always done. Work his ass off and compete to prove that he is, in fact, the best quarterback. I have no doubt 
C.J. Stroud is a franchise quarterback. And within the next three years, we'll be talking about him as a top five guy in the NFL. That's my time, y'all. Look, I appreciate y'all coming through. I appreciate you taking this trip with me through Bizarro World. Look, I don't know what's going on out there, but I am grabbing my drink. I am sitting back on my couch, and I am going to enjoy this season probably more than I've enjoyed any football season in recent memory. It's getting to the point now where I don't even, I'm not even looking at what the Cowboys are doing. I'm enjoying the train wreck that is the rest of the league. Look, Jets, congratulations. You got your franchise quarterback for a year or two before you're starting this process all over again. I I hope it works out for you, but I got news. I think it's going to end miserably. Hey, Giants, keep spending your money. Keep making these deals. Keep bringing in these guys who are unreliable so that they can let you down too. Guess what? You're probably going to finish last in the division. I'm just, I'm putting it out. I'm not, I am not stamping it. It's just my thoughts. But congratulations. Look, you guys have a great week. Look, we're going to have a whole bunch more stuff. Oh, man, I didn't even get into my bracket yet. Ooh, I'm going to have, you know what? I'm going to have to do that. Uh, ooh, boy. Ah, man. No bracket, huh? Uh, I didn't even know I was going to fill out a bracket this year. I guess I'm going to have to. I got to do it. I'm on the deadline. It starts tomorrow. Yeesh, you know what? Follow me on social media at cyber underscore pod. That's S-I-B-R underscore P-O-D. I'll put a bracket up on there. You can see where my picks are. When I come back next week, we'll talk about it. We'll review it. Listen, I'm going to post it up there. So when I come back in next week's episode and tell you how my bracket is doing, I don't want y'all to think I'm lying or making it up. But I will be honest with you. I don't really watch much college basketball. I kind of just wait till the end of the season and, and the tournament. I just like the drama of it. I'm not the biggest college basketball fan. So I don't know nothing about nothing so i'm making these picks blind baby so come back next week and we'll go over it listen enjoy the tournament if you're gonna gamble gamble responsibly don't go crazy listen if you got a wife and kids and a family in the house please save your money all right listen enjoy free agency when we come back we're gonna have a lot to talk about i'm sure when things become official official and let's see what else these stupid teams do to ruin their upcoming season have a good week y'all